0: 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people near to the intersection of the Boon and on Kulin, Kulin lands and we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and um, also um, acknowledged that all the lands were stolen and never ceded. Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre, and we opened up with a bit of country rock. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, The Eagles, from their um, first full album in a very long time, in 2007, How Long That Version, on one called Eagles Live at the Forum two thousand and eighteen that was released last year, um, and um, has the sort of more post Glenn Fry's sad passing lineup, um, Deacon and Vince Gill and others, um, all there, and um, um, yeah, uh, that's opened up with that one, and there's lots of ways to get in touch with the program today. Um, you can email out of the pan eight five five at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215, tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line, and look for posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner AM, and look for the one going up on um, the Out of the Pan page, Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne very shortly, and any opinions on the program are my own, not necessarily those with any organisation with which I've been associated, past or present. Well, opened up with some country-ish music today because Zooming in, um, live from country Victoria, um, is uh, someone who's, well, on a, on a cold morning, I'm going to have to say it, is pretty chilled out. Um, the president of Chill Out um, joins me um, on the show today, and it is a big welcome to Tessa Halliday. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Sally. This is a real thrill to be on your show
0: it's good to have you now the disclosure is that not so don't think it would be relevant for today but we'll mention it anyway we are both committee members of bisexual alliance victoria um we'll be tra- transparent um but um two things um i need to check in with um which lands you are on where you are
1: of course yes uh chill out festival and where i'm currently located are on the Jar um lands uh, and the, pe- the and they are um, part of the Kulin Nation, which I believe is, it's the Kulin Nation where you are as well, is it?
0: It is, yeah. We're on um, the intersection yeah. of, uh, well, mainly Wurundjeri, but it is somewhat possibly, um, we'll say disputed, I think, is the term, um, intersection of Wurundjeri and Bunurong lands. And the other thing to check in before we go further is uh, I use the pronoun she, her if people need to refer to me in that way. Uh, Is it okay if I ask which pronouns you use, if any, um, so we can respect everyone's gender identity?
1: I also use the pronouns she, her. Thank you for checking in, Sally.
0: Awesomeness. We got got this. Um, Well, we're here to talk to you with your um, chilled out. Well, I've got my beanie on because it's chilly. Um, I'm going to keep that pun going from as Bob down once said. I'll milk be milking that one for the whole show. But um, seriously, you're um the president of the organization Chill Out. Let's just get the overview first. If people haven't heard of Chill Out, or perhaps okay. have forgotten, or wonder what it was and does, um, and is doing, um, tell us a bit about um past, present, and well, maybe even a little bit of intended future of Chill Out.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, So, if you haven't heard about Chill Out, um, Chill Out is held in Dalesford, the sparse sort of country area in west of Melbourne, in Victoria. Um, It is Australia's longest running and largest regional pride festival. It's recognised as a culturally important and nationally celebrated LGBTIQA plus pride event. And... Next year is going to be our 25 years. So it has been running for some time, um, started off very small in 1997 and now brings up to about 20,000 people to the region. Um, this year was a little bit challenging with COVID, but I have to say that um, our committee and our amazing festival director managed to pull pull it off and even though it wasn't perfect i think everyone was really really happy to be able to come up to dalesford and celebrate pride and get together after 2020 which was a really hard year for everyone
0: well look absolutely so and i mean um, the i think we you know for um, LGBTIQA plus peoples, peoples, there was that need to reconnect. Um, I know you and I felt it um, in the Metro version down here at Pride March um, last Sunday. Um, good to be back with the listeners, by the way. Um, we weren't because I wasn't here. I um, haven't learned out how to be in two places at once yet. Um, bi people might be breaking binaries, but we don't know how to clone um, at this point. But it was really good to connect. So I can understand that need for connection, which is such a vital thing, particularly for queer communities, and um, how important it is. And you know, it has its different reasons. Let's say all equally valid for those in regional and rural Victoria, where of course things are, you know, it's obvious to say, spread out and brought people together as well. How, you know, was it good to get back together back in March when um, Chill Out was on?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think um, there is more chance of us being isolated um, out here in the country because a lot of us are in small little towns and some of them are amazingly accepting and some not so much. Um, so it really is a great chance for people to come together and, and, and feel that uh, sense of community and belonging and um, and make new connections. Um so I think it is an essential thing. COVID in some ways um brought people together with some wonderful online events. Um and we were part of um Pride Celebration last year, but I think in person is is just it's another level. It's not quite the same over um Zoom.
0: <laughs> no, I think there has to be that um sort of you know, you know, full body language and um you know, sort of facial expressions and tone of voice. And, oh, well, tone of voice, of course, you get on um, Zoom, provided the the net holds up and the volume um, um, you know um, stays in and all that sort of thing that we need. But um, all the same, it's, um, you know, still, I think that human touch is much more needed and um, we really need it. And, mm. you know, we need chill out. I mean, as you say, 25 years, which is... Um, you know, if I remember rightly, the first Pride, um, Pride March was 1996 in Melbourne. So there's sort of 25 years in there somewhere at least. Um, midsummer been going for longer. But um, the future is on your mind, which is sort of the initial um, spark that created. And I said, why don't you come on out of the pan today? Because um, you have um, a paid position going at Chill Out.
1: We do. Um, So firstly, before um, I say anything, I think I'd really like to say a really big thank you from myself Mm. and the committee to Michelle Bauer, who is our current festival director. She's done two amazing festivals with us and brought some fantastic ideas and initiatives to chill out. Um, Unfortunately, she has decided not to continue on with us which um, we're really disappointed about, but it does give someone else an opportunity to jump on board and help us produce our 25th Chill Out Festival. It's a pretty amazing opportunity um, and you will have a lot of support from um, our great governance committee that we've um, set up over the last couple of years. Um, It is a paid position and Applications are now open. There's details on our Facebook page. Um, You're also more than welcome to email me at president at chilloutfestival.com.au.
0: And is the job being advertised on places like, um, well, Ethical Jobs, Seek, that sort of thing as well?
1: Yes, I believe so. Um, And there is another place which... Um, it is advertised, but I cannot think of the name of it, Sally. Um, <laughs> I, I should have I should have written that down beforehand. Um, but I believe yes, Facebook and Seek and one other.
0: Um, LGBTI jobs? Is- no, well, that was a random. Anyway.
1: No, it's a site that is for artists and performers, I believe. Uh-huh. But I can't, the name isn't coming to me at the moment. So hopefully um someone fabulous is either listening today or is has seen the ad on Seek or Facebook and <laughs> they're preparing their application now.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. All right then. Well they'll know where to look for it. And um let's just I mean, you know, sort of um well I'm interviewing interviewing you about the um the interviews. Um sort of um, you know, what would be some you know, um, if you've got it there in front of you, um, what would be the um, job, you know, some of the job criterion, the essential criterion, said me in my best human resources sort of voice?
1: Of course. So um, a big part of the festival director is managing and running all of the events across the festival. So we do have chill out events, but we also have um events that are run by other groups as our umbrella uh, gr- umbrella events, so it is quite a um large number of events to manage you'll be la- liaising with our um governance committee our um, web designers graphic designers um marketing people to make sure that our we reach our targets of getting everything um organized and ready for our program to go out so it's quite a um it's a big role um and requires a lot of juggling so if you're someone who can juggle a a lot of things at once um and have experience running a festival or similar um event um then it could be the role for you
0: so yes, yeah, a bit of I can imagine, I mean, um you know, sort of um, you know, that there'd be a lot of um juggling. I'd probably I'd probably be running out of the room screaming or something, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of someone who needs to work a little more one mask ma- 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 one I nearly I nearly just did a spoonerism, one mar- um one um mar- um what was I gonna say? Um one mask at a time. That, that's a bit of a COVID um spoonerism there. One task <laughs> at a time. I'm not totally masking well today um, as my words are coming up, but seriously, yeah, it's a big, big role. And um, I know. Some
1: other key areas are Mm. things like developing the budget um, risk management plans and, and all those sort of things that come with uh, organizing an event. Um, But I'd say uh, for the um, someone who's been in these sort of roles before, they'll have a bit of a, an idea, and we're more than happy to send the PD out. So do um, get in touch, and we can send you a full PD with all the details. Because I've given such a brief summary that it's um, not really going to cut the mustard for most people.
0: Well, yeah. Um, look, it does. You know, I mean, I'm um, I'm just someone who performs in arts festivals, um, um, so to speak. I'm the last thing I'd be is a, a festival, as I say, a festival manager. Um, and i 'm just trying to um yeah, sort of um, um yeah, sort of uh, see what um comes up um and try and get the job description in front of me but yeah it's obviously juggling you 've got a whole heap of um you know sort of relationships with a whole range of people as you say your um committee slash board um is obviously uh, one that would um yeah, sort of need to be considered but obviously you 've got a whole range of rainbow stakeholders allied stakeholders the whole thing so it's a it's a pretty um um sort of um, big role to consider um in all of those aspects alone um so um yeah really um important to get that right and obviously knowledge of arts and events and all that sort of thing so yeah pretty huge um, You're
1: really it's a really good point Sally actually um you raise you've it's um you've got to be a good communicator because yeah you're dealing with um so many um different people across um the events and our communities to bring it all together into one so um yeah that was a good summary <laughs> thanks sally
0: Fair enough. Well, I'll keep trying to sort of scratch around to um, get a few more things on that. Um, just um, you know, as try, well again, failing on the multitasking there, um, but to try to get, bring up the actual job ad. But um, the thing is, you're um, as you say, president. You're you're a very multi-hatted person, and of course, you're. I'll just make it clear, your um, hat that is on today, so to speak. Um, Metaphorically speaking, is as president of Chill Out. But there's lots of other facets to Tessa Halliday. Um, Tessa, um, you know, you're an extremely busy person. Let, take one, take one of the facets and tell us about. Um, tell us a little more about um, you know some of the things that make up your whole person and life at this time.
1: Um, okay. Well, probably. Um in my private life, I uh, I run a, a small business, a uh, town planning consultancy, um, and I also am an elected council councillor at Hepburnshire Council. <clears throat> this is my first term and that's been a um, big learning curve, but I um, wanted to throw my hat in the ring and try and um, make a difference um, for my community. Um, and then... Obviously you mentioned before I'm um part of the Bisexual Alliance Committee um as well and a few other community organizations locally. Um I, I probably overdo it a little bit <laughs> and um don't have much time for anything else. But um yeah, I do I do really
0: enjoy it. Well well that's the thing. So I mean let's let's pick one of those. I mean it might sound um you know sort of a well-worn question but I think it's always good to um you know sort of check in with when it happened when did you have an awareness that you um I'll say might be some I'll start by saying in inverted commas something other than heterosexual was there a particular moment or point in your life where um that happened
1: yeah that um I was lucky enough to go to McRobinson girls high school, um, for year nine to 12. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was, um, quite, um, open as far as sexuality went. And so I, um, realized at some point, I think in, yeah, it might've been late year nine, um, that I was attracted to women. I'd never really realized that before. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I think at that time it wasn't really a question um about what I was labeled um and I I had boyfriends, I had girlfriends um and it I was yeah, it was very um sort of safe way to come out um at that school. Um, So I'm really blessed in that way. Um, The the hard part came when I left school, I think, and um, then delving into the greater community um, and trying to fit into the LGBTI community. And I really um, started... um, hearing about, I guess, all the biophobic type comments and so forth. So I ended up um, coming out as lesbian and and I believe, yeah, I believe that was because um, I didn't think I'd be accepted if I was bisexual. Um, And then unfortunately... um, I decided oh, I met a guy and I decided to um start dating him and um then came out as bisexual and um lost all my friends um and that community that I'd sort of become a part of um they thought that I'd been stolen away or that I'd been lost from the community and didn't really I think no one really um sort of thought, oh, actually, she's just bisexual. It's, you know, she's still part of the community. Um, They just didn't want to hang out with me anymore. So it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty hard.
0: That's, yeah, well, certainly that's, you know, that's awful and unacceptable that, you know, if we're in a world where people need to be treated on their merits and, and or treated with respect, you know, that's obviously the opposite of that. Can I? If I can ask, um how long ago did that sort of thing was that did that happen to you? Uh that was um nineteen
1: ninety nine, I mm. think it was. <laughs> so showing my age. <laughs> Not at all.
0: All ages are valid. Oh.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, it was a while ago. Um but um I biphobia has sort of followed me throughout my adult life um it hasn't been a um that wasn't the only incident and you probably have the Mm. same like many other bisexuals um and only really i think in the last couple of years have i made the decision that i am going to identify as bisexual and be open and proud about it um because I don't want other bisexuals to have to go through the same thing. Um, hopefully, you know we can finally make a dent on um, bi erasure and biphobia. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I'm you know I'm, I'm glad that things are in a better space. Was there a particular catalyst for? coming to that decision to be open and, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of clear about um, your sense of self? Was there a moment or a there process? There
1: was. There was. And she's probably not going to be listening. So yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I had a girlfriend, um, yeah, a couple of years ago and she um, was really biphobic and, um kept sort of questioning my fidelity and worrying Mm -hmm. that I was going to um she would never be enough and that I was going to run off with a guy or there was more chances of chance of me cheating and all these things and she said some pretty horrible stuff and it it, um sent me into a bit of a depressed a Mm -hmm. bit of a depression and um I either could have just kept spiraling down or I got angry (laughs) as, um, as, as we, uh, call it, oh, now I know we call it by furious (laughs) (laughs) and, um, yeah, I got angry and I decided that no, I'm never going to let anyone, uh, treat me like that. And, um. And I made you know heaps of T-shirts, and um, and then yeah, decided to get a bit more involved with the LGBTI community again.
0: Yeah, well, look, um, you know, I think that you know, sort of, this sort of it gets to that point of well, as you say, you could keep spiralling, but you decided just to, well, let things out, and it cleared the head, and you were able to move forward. It was sort of got to a you know, make or break in a sense, um, in simple terms. So um, I'm glad you made, um, because, you know, to have, um, you know, an openly bi person as the head of a major LGBTI organisation like Chill Out is great. Um, You know, I know, you know, without being self-indulgent, Bi Alliance values the contributions um, and skills that you bring and um well on a lighter note you do good face paint um look for the the um bi flag painted onto my face um last week by you um <laughs> prior to to us marching in pride march so um we oh, do thank you we do need all these things and so yeah a multi multifaceted person a multi talented person as of course um so many queer people are which is really really good and, um, well, the question then um, comes up, what does the, um, you know, any thought, any plans for the future? I mean, obviously, as you say, you're um, someone who um, is keeping busy, but, um, you know, what, what sort of things would you like for yourself for the future, for your community? And, um, well, obviously, an immediate wish for chill out, but there may be um, is to get the world's best festival director, but um, um, Absolutely. <laughs> um, anything else, name it. I can't can't say your wish is my command, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Um
1: gosh. Um my wishes are my wishes are, are are many, but um I think probably um working towards um being more inclusive of um transgender people, bisexuals, um our elders in our community and our community events, I'd really like to see um um well chill out itself, but also um within my community in 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 Dalesford seeing all facets of our community um be included so um yeah, that's probably what I wanna see. And gender equality would be
0: nice. <laughs> I'll bet that. Yeah. we well, we'll well it's a weekend, so we should be able to knock it all, all that over by five PM next Friday. Just a bit of luck, good yeah, management. It's <laughs> the what is it? The eclipsed blood supermoon with Pike, I think, seems to have shifted energy. So we should be able to just um a bit of coffee, we'll we'll work it out. Seriously, we'll keep working for it. Beautiful. Um, so, um look I know you've got to head off to a meeting, so um I'll let you sort of have a breather before that. So thanks for coming on to the show today. And um Thank
1: you very much for having me, Sally. It's been wonderful.
0: Yeah, good to good to be with you. And well we'll um hopefully um once hopefully very soon we'll be able to travel more than five kilometres here in this state and um we we can do um do by safe by fives in person or something. But um, in the meantime, keep up the awesome work. Um, You know, the sort of... You know, the ripples are spreading, I think. Um, You know, I think back 10, 12 years ago that Pride March seemed to be very inner-city centric and now it does seem, you know, more and more regional groups. Obviously, last um, Sunday was a bit, you know, less than 2020, pre-pandemic, in terms of everything, which I'm going to discuss in the next segment. But um, all the same... um, you know I think that um gradually we're sort of you know sort of as i say, the ripples are spreading rainbow ripples that sounds like a chocolate and ice cream flavor they're spreading <laughs> they're spreading throughout victoria beyond the inner city area through the suburbs through regional rural getting to remote um great to be um, able to connect someone with Mallee Pride up in the northwest who needed that um earlier um this week, so that's really great, so you ke- keep keep pushing it pretty. along and um hopefully sure, yeah. um yeah we'll um Catch up with each other um you know and particularly be keep being chilled out um in a metaphorical rather than a two degree morning way um as, for as long as possible.
1: thank you so much, Sally and enjoy okay. the rest of the day
0: you too hang on a second um we'll just um get into another track um with some um um loud rock and um that will be the um, the cosmic nomads you're on 3cr 855am 3cr digital 3cr.org.au and 3cr on demand out of the pan with sally <laughs>
2: His cold hands, but I'm still alive. That's right, I'm still alive. I had the money, I had it rich. All the money went down the ditch. Swap the money, the witch for the bitch. On the streets without.
3: Hey humor. This is Jeffrey Jamana Simran from Chindu Band. We love community radio 3CR. Support independent music and views on air called nine four one nine eight three double seven to subscribe or online at 3cr.org.au. You are 3CR Community Radio is dedicated to exploring the issues that affect our future because I think it is something we just need to be talking about 855 5. a.m. tune in and listen up
0: 3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Thanks once again to our guest Tessa Halliday in her capacity as um, president of Chill Out. And yes, look for that festival director job. Um, best way to get to it, it seems, is go to the Chill Out Facebook page and email the address on the um, ad thereupon to WIT. Um, well, um, just recapping music thus far on the show today, we opened up with the Eagles, How Long, from their 2018 live album, Live at the Forum. We, um, the two tracks we just heard, first up was the Cosmic Nomad, Damage, from 2012, uh, sorry, um, from the 2012 album, Damage. The track was I'm Still Alive, which is a good thing to be, and, um, following that, we had the always laconic Joe Walsh. And I broke my leg um from his album The Confessor way back in the eighties somewhere. Um and um well um broke it on a skiing trip. Well we could have some of those soon if we're allowed to oot in a boot. Um we will see. Um so um a few messages have come in um um during the show, um, of various sorts. Um um the uh, Hoffler, one of course, um, 3CR and Out of the Pan only have um, um, only have awesome listeners, not regular listeners. So one of our awesome listeners, Hoffler, said a couple of things. Good to see the inclusiveness at Rob High, which um, Tessa mentioned. And then there's another message as well, which I'll get to in a second, because the rest of the show I want to try to talk a bit about. Pride March last week didn't. I don't probably won't have enough time to do the issue, the big issue, justice this week. But um, um, we'll I will sort of get it underway. Let's do the warmer, warm and fuzzy stuff about Pride March last week. I must admit it was good to be back with with the rainbows and um, get the queer energy back after you know sort of you know having so little of it in recent times. And, of course, a beautiful day, um, as it was, 20 degrees um, and sunny um, last Sunday, not too cold in the morning. First time I've ever wore tights at a Pride March in Melbourne, um, of course, because normally in January, and, of course, um, um, I almost feel like saying let's not bring up traumatic events, but um, 40 degrees back in 2018. Tights usually stayed at home, but on a 6 or 8 degree morning as it was last Sunday, By Gadfrey, the pink tights were needed, but bisexual colours, you've got to look the part. Um, And, um, you know, it was just good to be there. And look, I have to say, I wasn't expecting anyone to be on the side of the road. Obviously, I knew there were people in the cafes, but there was some people lining the streets, which was cool and a pleasant surprise and good to get a bit of that vibe. And it did seem um, a little smaller, obviously, than usual, both time and numbers. Obviously, numbers limited to about 30 per group rather than... Um, unlimited but um, you know it was still good to be there in a bit of um, it was nice just afterwards grab some food and sat under a tree and just watch the passing parade well the path the parade had finished the passing people um, the second part of the parade so to speak and it was really good to have it um, have it back well touch wood fingers crossed will be um, the plan at this stage is that pride much will return and midsummer will return to their usual January, February-ish time slots next year. But of course, um, we do have to acknowledge what is happening in the state of Victoria this week, Um, or at least it would seem with the lockdown. um, Five new cases for the last two days, at least. It's not 10, I suppose that's something, but it's still dicey, the chance of an early release from the week-long lockdown, according to news this morning. Not good. Um, Possibility, it'll still be a week, but who knows, possibility, it could go a little further. We shall have to see. Um, not easy times. Um, but there is an issue, of course, that um, you know sort of broke in the last couple of weeks before Pride March. And I'm going to say, before I say anything, I'm well aware this is an issue that invokes strong feelings, strong emotions on all viewpoints, not an easy one to deal with. So how do we move through it? And that is, of course, the issue of should police be marching at Pride March? Now, um you know, there's um you know, is it it is a um you know, as I say, there's one, there's lots of views on each on each side. Let's and I'm just going to try to keep it as neutral as I can and then tie into one of Hoffler's announcements. Um what are the reasons for police marching at Pride? Whether you agree with them or not, not the point. Let's just try to go through them. Um for example, um police are there are L G B T I Q A plus police. They should be there. Pride march is for people who support us. Um, That sort of thing, um, you know, are a couple in favour. What are the reasons against? Police continue to oppress um, parts, maybe all, of LGBTIQA plus communities and many others, e.g. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, um, people with disabilities, sex workers, regardless of sexuality, gender identity. Um, that police are not favouring the communities and therefore shouldn't be there. So it's not an, e you know, there are sort of pros and cons and then you could rebut those, you know, each of those arguments, so to speak, um, that um, people don't feel safe with the police there marching. People don't feel safe with police marching in uniforms. There's a whole range of them and there's elements of logic to them all. Um, and, um, well... Um <laughs> Mel has telepathically come in um with this very question um you know as as we've been talking about it, and you know look i've I'd be the first to say that I've gone sort of um well been viewport, viewpoint fluid over over time let's try to look at this over time first, i mean obviously in terms of you know, police relationships with LGBTIQA plus communities overall, 1994 Tasty Raid, rock bottom, targeted systemic raid, misuse of power that damaged lots of people, 460 plus people of all sexualities and genders. I mean, it needs to be remembered that there were heterosexual, cisgender people who were um, abusively strip searched that night. Now, yes, that was the low point. And then gradually there was, um, you know, various, you know, um, reference groups slash committees of LGBTI people working with police. Um, I can, disclosure, I have served on um, that in its various names from time to time, um, throughout mainly throughout the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, there's been the LGBTI liaison officers still called GLOWS, and well, I can say that at one point I had to fight back an effort by cisgender gay men to just call change that to GLO because it was easier. And it's like, no, that erases bi and trans people. Um, and you know, the thing is, of course, actually, that's probably not the most relevant thing, but of course, in it's, it's indirectly relevant in that, um, you know, we know that, say, trans people may. Uh, from all the research we have from a range of sources, experience um, worse relationships with police than cisgender gays and lesbians. Not that we want to play the hierarchy of the oppressed, that is just simple fact. So um, trans people are worse off. We know that two-thirds of people who are sex workers are, I will just be a little careful here, LGBTQ, and I'll be probably a little specific in that, Um, possibly A, I'm not so sure about I, which is why I'm being um, taking a more, you know, individual circumstance sort of approach. Um, we know, of course, horrendously, and we, heard, um, if you're listening prior to the program, messages on what Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people still face in custody and the systemic prejudice they face, and other groups as well. So the thing is, what do we do? Is the police, ma- here's what I'm going to answer Mel's question with just one thought, and I'm not saying this is definitive because it isn't, also should disclose that I have an award for my involvement in the Community Encounters Program, one of the highest civilian awards Victoria Police can give. And I think that experience will come into it. I honestly felt we were beginning to, you know, sort of um, get into first or second gear throughout the latter part of the 2000s after we built up the liaison officer roles, other things happened. And then in 2009, Community Encounters, the program developed by the then LGBTI liaison officer, Scott Davis, started at the academy, which has been, with dry humour, called a cross between a living library book and speed dating where people from a whole range of diverse communities meet new recruits. And I think that was a good initiative. But I think since 2010, there's been a lot of changes that have seen police relationships with diverse communities, well, stall, maybe even go backwards, including parts of queer communities. Yes, all the the community encounters and the variants reference slash working groups are all there. But when you consider the, in my opinion, the overuse of powers in the phony war on terror, um... You know, that perhaps there's been internal police wars that played a part in things in the late 2000s, early 2010s, many, many other factors. I think things haven't perhaps kept the pace. So maybe they're sort of moving forward, but not keeping up with the issues well enough. And then you look at things in the last few years there's lots of individual incidents we could talk about, and some we have to just mention and be careful. One that is closed, um content warning, police brutality on a lot of th- on all of these one that is closed, the disability pensioner who was hosed down by um, a police officer, two others assisting three watching from memory, and you know Bill, oh, you like that, do you um, or something like that, And they just get fines that 's pretty weak um I'll just say the situation at Hares and Hyenas, being very careful that that is subject to ongoing proceedings. Um, Last year we saw a police officer um, tackle a pregnant woman to the ground when it didn't seem like she was being physically violent. Many other situations also, you know, a few years ago there were 250,000 false breath tests and those sorts of things. The issue is then how do we balance this? How do we bring together that... um, you know, there are, you know, I'm a firm believer that um, you can't really look at a whole organisation. It sucks, and I'll disclose the interest here, that um, a year ago I had an horrendously uh, verbally abusive situation with a police officer that it took some months of effort to fight and get um, a fine that really was not existent at all, long story, for another time reversed, um, that sort of thing. And um, um so... Um, you know, not easy. But let's try to look at something here. You know, is the police marching in Pride March in uniform a symptom of a situation? What's the cause? It's the police behaviour. So, how do we keep working for that police behaviour? Obviously, memories don't go away overnight. I talk about in the work education work that I do, particularly for older and middle cohort queer people, rainbow people, that just because we get some advances doesn't fix everything, it helps but our paradigms don't shift automatically and completely. So how do we keep shifting that paradigm? You know, there's been criticism, for example, of Midsummer. Well, I'll throw something out there. Could Midsummer use the power and privilege they have to set up more conversations between groups and police? Now, I'm not saying that's the whole answer, but is it a thought? How can we do something constructive? How do we accommodate openly LGBTIQA plus officers who want to march and show their pride? Um, do they do it in uh, not, not in uniform? Do they do it in a sort of quasi police um, attire or something like that? There's you know that's not to say that of course we ignore the pain that many groups face, and also there's been issues you know where people talk about groups that are similarish to police, um, you know such as you know, custodial people, um, sheriff's office, many others. So. You know, I don't think there's easy answers here, but um, the thing that I wanted to mention from Hoffler is that it was announced on um, Saturday magazine on Joy 94.9 yesterday that Joy are going to organise a town hall meeting with the police in the Rainbow Lobby, uh, being the Victorian Pride Lobby, who, for an organisation that sometimes, you know, and I declare my interest there as a life member of that organisation, sometimes they have to be a little more cautious. Um... They have um, you know, come out strongly in, you know, in favour of banning police. Now, that's a pretty, well, you know, sort of strong step to take for an organisation that sometimes has to balance a lot of interests, but I, and I think it says something. So it is about taking an initiative, but, you know, other other pride marches around the world have stopped police marching, in, whether in uniform or not, and, um, you know, pride has gone on. People say, "Well, the police are there for our safety." Yes, um, sadly, we have the police uh, need to be there to protect us from you know um, violence, and that's what they're there to do. But I have to be honest; I did feel at times last week, um, police um, you know sort of they seemed to be there in large numbers and that sort of thing, and it did seem times a little uncomfortable. And so I don't know what – I just say. don't think there's an easy answer. Mel's um, emailed in again, still conflicted. I always think of Nelson Mandela who made friends with his enemies and showed the world that you need to reach out to your enemies. Um, I'll come back to the words in a minute. Um, in favour of making people accountable for their actions with consequences. Well, you know, um, come back to that too. Careful not to look like hypocrites to the wider community – and, um, you know, also differences between the Australian context to the police culture in the USA, um, and, you know, in particular, obviously it's just over a year since the horrendous, um, death of George Floyd. So let's go through that. Um, I don't want to see police as enemies. Um, you know, I don't really, for that matter, personally want to see the Christian lobby or anyone else's enemies. I don't really think that's productive and achieves a lot, um, you know, but yes, we need to try to have dialogue. But I think the dialogue always needs to come from a place of equality and respect on all parties and not easy when there is such deep feelings and emotions on the issue. People accountable, yes, I agree with you on that. Particularly the institutions we give more power, police, courts, media, um, you know, sort of religion, um, others, you know, there needs to be greater levels of accountability and responsibility. Responsibility, one of those novel words that we don't hear about in this day and age of cliched individual freedom. Um, look like hypocrites. Um, well, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw a hypothetical out. Um, would we have gay Nazis marching in Pride March? No, well, they do exist. They are there. Um, so would that, you know, be allowable? You know, do we allow anyone who... say claims to be LGBTI to March. Now some might say that's an extreme comparison but it is in general terms the sort of issue that we need to um, consider. Um, Australian context, um, well it does, you know, I have seen some of the signs of aggression of police. It doesn't perhaps seem to be the same degree but the same nature. So, you know, more time. If you're listening in, um, obviously the show is just about to reach an end. So um, pop your messages through to me if you are listening to the podcast repeat or on demand. Keep them coming through, and we'll keep this discussion going over the next few weeks. I'll be interested to hear more about that um, town hall meeting and whether it's a who's invited and who isn't and who's allowed to be there and who isn't and all the rest, and that could be very, very interesting. All the same, I had better get out of here and make way for Freedom of Species, um, who are coming up at um, in a few minutes' time at one o'clock if you are listening live. Um, of course, be warned today lots of shows might not be on because people can't make it in due to COVID, although electronic media is exempt from um, um, sort of working from home restrictions, or it was last year where there's more relaxation. It's considered an essential service. Don't have to have permits and paperwork this year. So take it out today in a spirit of pan-genre, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre. The music today has been varied as well with rock and country. Let's have a little bit of um, loungy stuff um, from Frank Sinatra and Chrissy Hind from Duets 2 way back in the 90s. And Luck Be A Lady, but, well, ask which pronouns luck can be. It could be whichever gender identity you want. Thanks once again to Tessa Halliday for um, being my guest on the show today. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
3: They called you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way of running out
4: You're on with me And the pickings have been lush And yet before the Evening is
3: over, you might give me the brush You might forget your manners You might refuse to stay And so the best that I can do is pray (laughs) Luck be a lady tonight
4: Luck be a lady tonight
3: Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with Please be a lady tonight
4: Just how nice a dame I can be